Watch who? And welcome to the To Watch Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I am new to Who. Yes. <laughs> and we're in a... <laughs> you always say that. So you always say that. So yes. Okay. As in yep. so... No, no, no. It's funny. You always say it so like um, unconvinced, Mark. You're very unconvinced by my newness. <laughs> well, well, I was about to say you're we're in our second series already so uh you're starting to to get some knowledge of the classic I'm still series new to it yeah i mean i'm still quite new you know um things still take me by well i would say i'm new because it's all new to me isn't it yes yeah so uh, I, and- I stick by my new statement <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, and just to explain, yeah, you don't know what's coming up uh, or what's going to be happening story by story. No. Which I still find the most exciting thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little things, isn't it? And um, it's fair to say this is a big story this time. This is a, a groundbreaking story. Well, maybe not groundbreaking, but um, it's a big story to talk about this time. Yeah, it's a big one. So we started off Planet of the Giants last week of the of the second series, uh, and we really enjoyed that one. Yes, we did. Not the most popular story to start off the second series. We left off then. What what happened at the end of uh, Planet of the Giants? Where do we go? Oh, it was World's End, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the title. Yeah, and then we go into the Dalek invasion of Earth. Yeah. Which was, which was, um, well, it was great, wasn't it? I think you'd better let us go. We do not release prisoners. We are the masters of the earth. Not for long. Obey us or die. There was so much in it that I did not expect. So, yeah. first of all, before we go any further, it, it is so much better season two compared to season one. Like, so much better already we're only two episodes in Um, it's strange that we yeah we're talking sort of seasons and we're sort of presenting this as series one and series two that i always i've never really thought of the 60s ones i've always thought of them as just sort of going through year by year um it's more of a sort of a new who thing to say series uh one series two and with the new series they always have that sort of series opener uh which is why Planet of the Giants is a wit. You'd think that this first episode of Dalek Invasion of Earth, it makes such a great series opener if the series came back like this. But I do think it's quite nice. Have like Considering where this story goes, I think it's nice to open with those characters as it does with the last episode. Yeah, okay, yeah. And we go into... Not to dwell on the last episode, but yeah. Yeah. And this is the height of, like, the Daleks are really popular by this point. This is Dalek mania time. I mean, this had this was the front of the Radio Times. This is when all the toys are in the shops. This is, like, the big... And you can tell this is... They've really put everything into this story. I wondered when we were watching it, well, 
when so we're still in isolation so oh, yeah. sorry just to say that we're still yeah watching separately over the internet and which is weird i realized watching this actually that i really struggle watching it and i think it's because i find it easier watching it together Hopefully by the time this episode goes out, we might not be in isolation anymore. We are recording quite far in advance, so fingers crossed. I feel like, do you know what? I feel like we're in that that bunker with Dortmund and Barbara and Susan and in the hiding from the Daleks. It's weird. <laughs> Barbara's isn't handing it? out the apples and they're making you know the bombs and stuff. There was there was a point when so it was the first episode of it when they talked about um if you arrived in London and you wouldn't recognise it because no one's around and you can't hear Big Ben. And I thought <laughs> that's what you'd hear now because Big Ben's in um Big Ben's not chiming because it's getting all done up. <laughs> so you wouldn't hear Big Ben. And everyone's in isolation, so there's no one around. <laughs> and I thought, that's what you'd get right now. If you were some time travelers and arrived in London, you wouldn't maybe recognise them. You'd think what's happened to it? Because it wouldn't be did, what you did you know. pick up the bit where they mentioned there was like a plague or something before the Daleks arrived? Did you pick up the bit about Battersea as well? And he says something about um look at Battersea and he was like, Oh, they must have moved to um nuclear power or something. There's so many because you know, it's you know, and this is before like the coal miners strike and stuff, you know, in the eighties. So there's so many weird things like that in it that yeah. Yeah, it does sort of resonate, doesn't it, when you watch it, depending on when you watch it. I mean, when I watched this years and years ago, yeah, none of that really, it seems so far-fetched. And now you're like, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. You can sort of identify a bit more, uh, which is quite scary. No, definitely. Um, but sort of just going back to sort of when this was on, though. So this is, yeah, this is the big, this is such a big story, such a classic fan favourite as well for obvious reasons, and just all that location filming, just the number of characters as well. So as we've been watching, characters. we've had our few sort of side characters, but there's so many people in there, and there's so many... I don't know if you noticed so many extras. They've really put the budget into this. This story is so iconic with the Daleks going across the bridge. I don't know if you remember when the 2005 series, like Radio Times, had they recreated a Dalek with yeah. Westminster in the background. That's such an iconic image. It's so much merchandise with that on. And it really is like, this is Doctor Who at its absolute peak in the 60s, this story. They go to so many locations. They yeah, go like all over London. It's so great to see. And the good thing about it as well, I, I was talking about locations in the other episode with Reign of Terror, but this is like the proper first location filming. Mm. And with London as well because of those those landmarks they don't change you can go to Trafalgar Square I when I last went I went to London the other month and went to Trafalgar Square and lined up there's the shot of the Daleks and I stood and I lined up the shot and there's a photo of me <laughs> in that same place because you, it hasn't really changed and the uh is it the Albert Hall when yeah. they're going along that has not changed at all so on the DVD there's like a now and then I mean that was about 2003 they made that and it shows the location and it lines them up that's one of my favorite features on the dvds they line up like then and now and you can go to these places and they're still there and that um i really want to go next time i'm going to london i'm going to go here i'm going to go to that opening shot where that robo man goes down the steps and goes into the water in the thames that 
those steps there where they land that is still like i mean it's a bit disused and it's under a bridge i can't remember like near q or something i'm gonna go there and recreate that moment i mean i won't get in the water or anything (laughs) but i'm gonna go to those steps because you can still go those steps are still there (laughs) i don't know that is like a proper doctor who experience going i don't know there's sort of a connection there I don't know what it is. I just love going to locations like that and it being still exactly the same as it was like 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it was, uh, it, it like, that was really exciting. It was really exciting. And like the, um, so just, go, just jumping ahead a bit, going into, in that episode, in that first episode, when Barbara is sort of chasing after those rebels where, they're going to the underground thing and they take it when she's running through and there's like the disused train station. It's so filmic and we've never seen that before. This is like, we've always been in this tiny studio with like two sets and then suddenly you're on film, there's action, there's loads of extras, landmarks. It's, it's so good. Right from the start. um, You can tell you know it's going to be different. The Doctor and Ian start climbing up. So you have like, you know, oh, right. First of all, let's just go from the very beginning. Let's go from Susan falling over uh, and like the bridge falling on the TARDIS. Okay. So that happened and I literally went classic Susan. Classic well, Susan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she hurts her ankle. And she hurts her ankle. Um, what a Susan thing to do. And also, um, an entire bridge falling on the TARDIS, like, what are the chances? Um, so, of course that happened. But right from the start, um, the Doctor and Ian go up that staircase and go into that abandoned building. That whole thing, and that's within the first, like, what, five minutes? First five, ten minutes? That is so different to anything we've seen in series one. Do you think it's because it's got that it's that familiar set on Earth? We haven't really we've either been in space or back in time. We haven't had anything present day as such. I mean, apart from really sort of Planet of the Giants, which was a bit fantasy. There's this is the first time they've been on Earth. Well, not present day, obviously, but things that we recognise. Maybe that's what it is, that it's But at that point. I still don't think you recognise. And actually, there was something else that I read, so, um, which, again, is going to be a bit controversial, I'm sure. But this was Terry Nation that wrote this, didn't he? Yeah. So I was a bit disappointed when I saw it was Terry Nation because I swear hang on, that... Hang on, hang on. He wrote Keys of Marinus. Did he? So what else has he done apart from The Daleks. So he, he created the Daleks so that he, he ah. writes for quite a while. He writes every Dalek story for a bit. Okay, so maybe I was mixing them up with someone else. There's someone, there's Terry Nation, and there's another name that regularly came up in season one. So there's the guy that wrote Marco Polo and the Aztecs. Yeah. There was a name that I swear came up quite a lot in um, season one, as well as Terry Nation. Well, there's a script editor, David Whittaker, He's always on the credits, and he wrote Edge of Destruction, but he script read it edits the whole series. No, it wasn't that. No, I don't know. Part of me, maybe it was just like that initial 
thing of me thinking it's going to be the same as all of series one. Maybe it was just that. Maybe it was just a nostalgia of series one. We did talk about Terry Nation before as his stories are quite similar where like in the Daleks, they land, they explore the, the city. Same as Keys and Narrowness, they land and then they explore the city. We talked about that being very similar. And here they land and explore. He does he, he does his Doctor Who sort of by numbers. They are quite similar all Maybe the time. Maybe that's it. But I love a Terry Nation episode one. That I really, really love that landing and exploring, which has happened every time. It's, and especially in this, with the mystery in the warehouse... And what's going on? I mean, but everybody, everyone's waiting for the Daleks to turn up. You know it's going to be the Daleks. So maybe that's it. Maybe it is the Terry Nation. I don't know. I just saw his name and I was really disappointed. So it's it's either it's either that because I know that it's going to be... It's either because we've discussed and I'm thinking it's just going to be a typical classic storyline or I've just associated with the whole of season one and my big gripe with season one is they pretty much all followed the same pattern. This is probably the best six-parter. It didn't drag as a six-parter. Um, it felt a little bit draggy for me. <laughs> well, shall, we, shall we do our usual four characters? And I think everything will be listed out in that to begin with. Yeah, okay. And then I can tell you where it felt draggy. Yeah, we can go okay. through what everybody... Because for the... The, the four regulars, they all get their bit in this. Nobody has um, has a holiday apart from, I don't know, I'll, I'll just address this now. So William Hartnell isn't in episode four. It wasn't a holiday. So when they were rehearsing, he got hit by a camera or something and had to be off for a week because he hurt his back. So they had to write him out quickly. So it wasn't a holiday. I know he. it's, a, it's like a, a double that gets up at the beginning of episode four and faints. That's the only reason he's not in it as the Doctor. And yeah, I like noticed. medical reasons rather than holiday. <laughs> I did notice that he seemed absent for a bit. So, yeah, that's why they leave him unconscious, just lying around in the road somewhere. Because <laughs> of medical reasons. And it was. He was unconscious. But imagine, though, I'm just, just sorry, just what I'm talking about. Imagine, though, one... I would be scared to work with William Hartnell. I think he would be a scary person. <laughs> but imagine if you accidentally injured him at work. Imagine how angry I would hate for William Hartnell to ever go at me. Can you imagine that nowadays? Can you imagine, like, when you said that, that, that I thought of, like, um, a TV advert. Have you had an injury at work, in the workplace or something like that? Yeah, I know, but, yeah, it was just normal then. I think it was... They were rehearsing. Oh, I don't know. Something happened. Also, I think when you know when they attack in the in the ship and they're carrying him off the ship. I think it's like someone something happened and he got he got hit by accident and um, yeah had to write him out quickly. So, uh, <laughs> but apart from that, they all really have something to do. They've all got their own strands and their own storylines within this six parter. So if we go sort of one by one. Who do you yeah. want to talk to? Who do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the doctor then. Let's just okay. talk about the doctor because we're talking about him already. Okay, so he he does have less to do as usual, um, as we sort of come to know. I mean, his first thing. I mean, there's him and Susan at the beginning. He has a go at Susan for um, knocking that bridge over. And 
Like, what does he say to her? It's a really weird insult he gives her. And you bathe that ankle. What you need is a jolly good smack bottom. It's like, what? <laughs> he's very grandfatherly in this, isn't he? He's very... He's yeah. he's friendly. He's nice. But he... Susan is well down as, as the child at the beginning of this. His next thing... He is unconscious for a bit, isn't he? Because he tries to get robotized on the ship. And he is, he is off. So he, he does tick... The unconscious box. <laughs> Classic. Um, but that's but then, fine. But then he doesn't, I mean, he comes, he helps at the end. It's it's the others that really do a lot. Is Ian and Barbara again, really? It's a very unusual one. They're all very separate. Normally in these stories, they're in pairs, which is the first time we've had that that I can think of. Even in Keys and Marinus, they were all in some ways supportive of someone else. I mean, like even um, when Barbara got stolen with little hands, Ian went with her to go and get her. It's rare that someone is completely alone in, in a place of danger for long. And these, it's like, we're not talking a little bit, we're talking like one or two or three episodes where, I mean, Ian is pretty much the entire time by himself. He is, yeah, and uh, I think and Barbara. Well, they've all got that's why I think that's why the guest cast is so large because they all need people to, and you know, Susan goes off with David for a bit, yeah, and then she gets a doctor. The doctor doesn't meet up with Barbara and Ian until the last episode. Like, no, they're complete because I texted you and said none of them meet up until that last episode. Yeah, and that's why I think the doctor doesn't really. He, out of all of them, he gets sort of the worst deal because he's, yeah, okay, he's looking after Susan a bit and then he's, um, you know, he has that dinner, he's cooking that fish with Susan and David and they have a little camp near Bedfordshire somewhere. He, then he goes into the city. He doesn't really do anything with the bomb. He doesn't really, it's, everybody else sort of does their bit and he sort of coordinates them, I suppose. But apart from that, out of everybody, yeah, he he's the one that doesn't really get the, get the action do you know what though it's this is the first episode where you really see how frail he is do you think yeah i was against you see i was about to say i think he's on quite good form in this no i think it it felt a very um it's a very hands-on active episode there's a lot of running there's a lot of um movement Ian never takes his suit off, but we'll come to that. Um, but it's very, it's a lot of hard work. Well, he's never really done the action stuff. And it could be, maybe it's down to him being injured when they're making it and he can't do as much. Yeah. yeah. And it's little things that I noticed. Things like the way that um, when they were pushing him off, they didn't push him, but they'll push Ian because they can. Or when they were taking him off the... Um, bed and it's ironic you say that they are a bit more gentle with him or putting him on the bed because he is older um and a, and a bit more frail maybe it's the first time that i'd noticed I, you wouldn't get him running through london like barbara does i mean you wouldn't get william hartlow up at half five in the <laughs> filming probably no no but i think the main the strong points for the doctor is when they first when that dalek comes out the water and he faces them and he's like we're gonna defeat you and then at the end, you've got that bit where he faces up against the Daleks and he, he does his bit, he does his heroic bit against the Daleks. There is sort of the moments. Doctor's, 
the doctor's strength is his mind. Yes. So that is where, like, when they're in that prison in the Daleks thing, and he's there working out how they're going to get out, and he uses his mind and the science, and there's the other guy. Oh, yes, that was really good, yeah. That is, and he's very confident, and he's very set, and he's like, nope, got this. He's That is where the doctor is at his best, at his strengths. And I was watching that I was watching that whole scene, you know, where he's doing the thing with the magnet thinking, don't fluff up your lines. This is a really long scene. Every, you've got to get the magnet right. You've got to do this. You've got to explain it, all the science. You've got to do and he did it. He to be fair, he did it perfectly. He did not mess up no. at all. But that is where he the doctor, not talking William Hart, I'm talking the doctor, the character, is at his best. His other part of this is the sort of emotional side with Susan because there's that bit with Susan talking about David and David says oh we need to go to Bedfordshire and then he he makes it sound like David is sort of the leader and gives his yeah. approval I'm pretty sure the actor playing David came in too soon into that scene because I'm did you notice that he runs in a little bit too yeah, soon yeah he runs in doesn't he <laughs> just I think like maybe five seconds too soon um go on and then when Susan and David are, are there with the fish and stuff, and then the doctor's like, oh, something's <laughs> that cooking. That's proper, like, awkward family moment. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you've got all that side. He does the doctor there and does all that side, and it, it's a nice build through. I mean, it's still quite sudden. We'll get to that with Susan. But it's still, he, he obviously, you know, they've actually, they've written that. with. You've got that cl- sort of classic beginning with Susan and the ankle being told off. And then as it sort of develops through, there's the doctor sort of realising she needs to sort of move on and she needs her own life. I mean, they've, they, I mean, as much, they've done it as much as they can in a Doctor Who adventure story, science fiction story. They've, they've put enough. I mean, it's not going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> you know? uh, let's talk about Barbara. Okay, Barbara. This is really strong for Barbara. Absolutely. Um. I think it's because she has to, because she's on her own. So, I mean, if she doesn't, well, she's, like, stuck. She's there. She's nurse again, yeah. as you say, with, with Susan. And then, but that bit where she's run. I mean, this is, for me, this is the Barbara. This is the Barbara that's coping with the situation. She's been through many situations now, so she's coping better than maybe she would have last Dalek story. Yeah. And she really gets into it. When she's with those sort of rebels underground, she's the one that comes up with the idea. Some of your men could disguise themselves as robo-men. They could pretend to be escorting a batch of prisoners to the saucer or something. It'll work. Yes. <laughs> she gets in there helping to fight when they attack the, the saucer. And when they're attacking the saucer and Susan's like, no, no. And then literally Barbara's like, get off, Susan, I'm going. <laughs> sort of like She dismisses Susan she does, yeah. and she's like, I am helping to fight. And um, and then she is she's mechanic. She's a bus driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's got it all planned out. She's like, when the she's running comes, through, she's like, right, get off now, go. She's like, she's all over it. Barbara running over those Daleks in the oh bus has got to be Barbara's finest moment. I text you that, like, add that as a Dosca nomination potential already. Like, oh, absolutely, like head of next seasons because. Yeah, great moment from her. 
and she's got that sort of friendship with Jenny. Um, what did you call? And we'll her? talk about Jenny. Balaclava. Balaclava. Oh, that balaclava. That I love that those scenes of them running through London are amazing and wonderful. Apart from that balaclava, that is so annoying. It's like and it's pointed as well. It's just this. Oh, it's awful. Why did she do that? It just ruins it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Balaclava, I cannot unsee that balaclava. <laughs> it's just, I think on the DVD, there's mate. I think it was they filmed all the location stuff first, and they couldn't decide. I think they were going to like dye her hair or something, so that's why she's got it on in case they dyed it later for the. Oh, I see. I think they dyed her blonde for the studio or something like that. There was a reason. It's it's a production reason why she's wearing the balaclava. Um, but yeah, that's really. But Barbara getting through, running through London. Oh, it's so good. She does really well in this. And and she comes up with the idea. She goes straight to the Daleks. I mean, she gets out that mind. She's like, I demand to see the Daleks. I mean, it doesn't work out and she gets captured. But Yeah, but it's her it's, idea. This is 100% Barbara for me in this. She is she is amazing. You cannot fault Barbara, surely. No, she has, she has a great time. She does really well here. I, a lot of my positive memories of this episode are Barbara. Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is praise indeed. What a turnaround. I know. She doesn't know what's happened to Ian or the Doctor. She's just doing what she thinks they would do because she knows them so well by now. I don't know. She's not really, oh, what do I do? Oh, let's wait here for them. She's like, right, I think the Doctor's going to head there. It sounds like that's the kind of thing he would do. I'm going to go there. Yeah. And she drives to Bedford as well. I mean, Ian takes the saucer. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Barbara takes the bus. So funny. And, oh, and that bit with, um, I called them the witches. You know where they, um, Jenny and Barbara, stop off? <laughs> the witches. So random. There's so many random characters in this. There's so but it's so good, though, that they, they meet these people. It makes the journey, it makes them seem like they have gone on a long journey because you get these, because... For example, like the Aztecs, where you've got your three characters that are there for the whole story, you don't really feel like that's a large space or a large society. Here, you feel like she has driven from London to Bedford. They've stopped off on the way. They've had to do various different things. It just it just makes it feel like a you know having those that scene with the with the witches <laughs> in that on the way, and you know it really does add to it. There are so many characters in this that you see for 20 seconds 30 seconds and they're dead or um and not just i mean like i'm not talking i'm talking like interaction with i'm like we'll come to it more but the well ian's with lots of people but when he's in the mind the person that ian is with and one of the robot men is yeah. um turns out to be his brother yeah. do you remember that yeah. And that character's there for like 10 seconds, like if that, but suddenly this person's his brother. So this is like, it's not just some random character as such. This is now a person to impact that story. These people, sometimes these little side characters, they're not, they still have an impact within it. It's really, it's, it's really they interesting. Do, yeah. And I think maybe because I'm older watching it, I didn't, you don't really, you get, you get more out of it that way. Like there was the guy that was with Ian and the Doctor in the ship at the beginning when he's doing his magnetizing bit. He's that. There's that background character, and 
I think he yeah. gets turned into a Robo Man the next episode. Um, yeah, when he does. Trying he does. to escape the ship. And he so, does at some point. But yeah, I don't think I'd ever realised that before because actually he's quite a he's a funny character and there's a good sort of interaction between him and the Doctor. The Doctor's like, "Be quiet, leave me alone, stop," you know. And then you, he's quite a, a fun character. And then next second, he's a Robo Man and he's and he's dead. Um, and that, I think that's what this story's got. It's got the threat is actually quite real, and the Daleks. The Daleks. We we never talk about the Daleks, do we? <laughs> we never. They move, um, but they're not. I don't find them particularly scary, but they are a threat, and you feel that everybody is in danger, and the the threat is real, and the risks they're taking are real because you're meeting these characters, and anybody could anybody can die at any minute. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. The very first episode. I mean, to some extent, I knew it was going to be the Daleks because I watched it on BritBox yeah. and my issues with BritBox, uh, I will talk about another time. But um, but regardless, you don't, I didn't know 100% what was happening. It would be amazing if, I mean, there was so much, I, I think there was so much publicity about the Daleks are coming back because they were so popular. Everyone knows that it's going to be the Daleks at the end. But imagine if they kept that like, Oh, like a spoiler free like a secret that they were coming back that would have made that episode even more amazing I'm, yeah if someone's watching that and doesn't know that it's the daleks that's such a good way to to build it up to that to them arriving if we'd have been watching it like we normally do with the dvd i wouldn't have known yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what. That's why. Yeah, I wouldn't have told you. No. I wouldn't have told you until I would have hid the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so, so whereas Britbox has it as the title. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, talking about that first episode, we'll go on to Ian because Ian gets a bit of action as well straight away, doesn't he? Because he in that warehouse where he fo- nearly falls out of the, he opens that door. Yeah. And it's all falling apart. That's his first bit, and he. And the Doctor are on the ship, aren't they? So Ian gets stuck in the ship and um, hides away. Um, and he's, yeah, he's down in Bedfordshire for most of it, isn't he? And he does all of all of that. And he meets his own monster. He meets that Slither. Yeah, Slither. Maybe not the most successful part of this story. I'm trying to remember the Slither. I- you know, it was like that blobby thing. And then oh, yeah. the the cliffhanger was it was after them, and then he had, that's why he had to go into the mine shaft because it was coming after them, and he got into the basket and it went down underground. See now, it's interesting you say that because I didn't I I didn't clock that as the sliver. That's so funny. I sort of had them as two separate entities. I had the idea of the sliver being a thing, and then I had that being a what the hell is that? I didn't put the two together. That that bit is probably a bit of a weaker part of the story where it's not so clear because there's that guy that's like smuggling in things and out. He gets killed by the slither. It comes and like gets him. You come in here. Is there any reason why you shouldn't take me out? I can take you out at the right price. And what's that? Gold, precious metal, jewels. I don't have anything like that. Then I hope you manage to avoid the slither as you leave. And then they're talking about it before and you can sort of hear it off screen i don't know if it, i thought someone had pressed the button a bit too early or something with the roar of it because you can sorry, hear it outside just going back let's talk about that guy him getting all what the, the smuggling yeah him getting all that gold and all that sort of stuff what's the point what's he going to do with it 
Why does he need all that gold? Like, I was watching it. I was like, what are you going to do with it? Like, can't spend it. Can't enjoy it. Like, you can look at it. That's about it. Well, I suppose gold's always valuable for what? at some point. Like, in the- <laughs> for when? Like, they're stuck underground. What's he going to do with it? Anyway, that was my thoughts. I was like, why are you so keen on the gold, mate? Like, can't do what with it. Anyway. Yeah, it is a bit strange, isn't anyway, it? Anyway, people like gold, but um, you're lost. I've been more like, give me clothing or food or something practical, you know? And they're all eating out of their tins and everything. And um, so, yeah, Ian go, ends up underground and he gets he gets another cliffhanger, doesn't he? The funniest bit with Ian, you know, when they're like, right, we're ready to send off this bomb and he's hiding and then suddenly it closes up and like he's been hiding inside the bomb the whole time. I know, yeah. <laughs> Classic. But also, I had no... Because Ian is a hero, I was like, he'll be okay. Yeah, so a very good thing bit for Ian. Um, he does quite a lot on his own, actually. Um, he has his friends here and there, but he does a lot of the stuff on his own. And um, so, sorry, just talking about his suit, <laughs> obviously the most important thing. So that made me laugh so much. The fact that all their clothes, really, but the fact, I mean, their clothes make me laugh anyway, most of the time, because they wear the most obscure things. Um all the time but Ian was in that this episode in particular I think they could not look more British but he had a massive rip down the back of his suit did you notice I did that? notice that that came later but just forgetting that this whole episode the start their opening clothes could not look more 60s British um but <laughs> Ian never undoes the button on his jacket well, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's rip, not much time, maybe. He'll rip, his, just... he'll rip the back of it. It'll be state, but he'll keep it done up. <laughs> He's a smart hero. He's a smart hero, indeed. Um, But yeah, again, Ian takes some of the action. But because I think there's so many other guests, people like David and Tyler, he doesn't get his, you know, he doesn't get, has, he doesn't have the whole burden of it all on him, which usually he does have to do all the fights, all the all the rope work and climbing work and tunneling it's it's spread out so much with everybody else that he doesn't have to do it as as much i think in this yeah let's talk about susan during all the years i've been taking care of you you and the town have been taking care of me i belong with you not any longer susan you're still my grandchild and always will be but now you're a woman too I want you to belong somewhere, to have roots of your own. Okay, here we go. Susan, can I just say, were you expecting Susan to leave at the end of Absolutely this? Absolutely not. <laughs> I knew, I knew. It's so good when it's a surprise. Yeah, no, I was not expecting it. Um, even, even with all the little hints with David throughout, with her, it starts off quite early. So, but bear in mind, in season one... There were hints about like, not hints, but there were things like about Barbara and her like, you know, with her men and all this sort of stuff. So I hear what you're saying, but no, I did not suspect it. And also, if anything, I suspected once the Daleks were done with that David might go with them. I suspected that more for like, well, this this is done for me here. There's nothing more for me here to fight. 
maybe I'll join you. Because like she says, doesn't she, like, Grandpa will let you come. David wasn't in it as much as I thought he was, actually. He doesn't really do a lot, and you don't get to know him that well. And they're all talking like they know him really well by the end of it. I Yeah, and bear in mind, like, Barbara and Ian have not really got to know this man at all. They don't talk, they don't even meet him. And so, um, and so Ian is like talking to him at the end because it's that really funny, like, um, father um, mother scene, isn't there, right at the end, where Barbara's like, come on, come on, dad, because he's trying to talk to him like awkwardly. Um, like, how does she know what their relationship is? She doesn't know. She hasn't. Like, they have not spoke to this guy because the whole episode, they've all been so distant. They've all been on their own little, like, stories. So it's it's really, yeah, like, they don't have any connections at all. It's it's really... But um, the, doctor has, the Doctor has a bit of an inkling throughout. At least he has seen and he has put sort of two and two together and he's like, right, I think it is time. And he... At least the doctor right at the end. I mean, I don't think she doesn't really have poor Susan. If she changes her mind the next day, like <laughs> she's going to marry someone. This is Susan's um, second. What's it? Oh, what's it called? This is Susan's married at first sight. But like literally <laughs> like this is that this is the equivalent of them talking for 16 hours behind a screen. And then she said yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then that's it. She has no choice. She's stuck there now. And that's it as well. Like, they're brought together by extreme circumstances. That's not a basis for a relationship. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have. she has that nice bit where she's like, oh, I'd, like, I'd love to help rebuild the planet and I'd love to be somewhere. And, you know, after they've been through the sewers with the alligators and everything. Um, and he is very much protective of her. But also, I mean, she's quite young. Yeah, but also, uh, it's like you. Ex, there's extreme things. There's like um, people who go through. Okay, like what did they say about people who went through like World War Two? And there were all the people that um, the people that got married during that, and then after the war, they realised, oh, actually, we know nothing about each other. That is what this is. That is what is. <laughs> don't know anything about each other they've just been in an extreme situation that's brought them together and now the doctor's decided nope this is who your man is and off you go but at least they did try and sort of pepper it through the beginning through the story you know they fight with that you know with the fish and the cooking it, at least it's not suddenly right at the end it could have been it's not amazing but it could have been so much worse they could have really focus on the Dalek story and then literally had that end bit where she's like, I'm staying. At least they've tried to add it through the, the story with David and make him a little bit more of a character. I feel like I don't know who David is or anything or <laughs> so or what will happen to Susan if she stays with him, apart from what he, he knows farming or something. But um, I also don't feel like at the end, Susan really wants to be there. But I think the doctor, I think he locks her up because she will never leave him by choice. I think he's because she will always look after him. And it's such a great speech from the doctor at the end. That is a classic speech. I mean, the whole one day I will come back. That is like you get merchandise with that on and you get that is his most well-known moment 
that bit where he's talking to Susan. That is like an all-time classic, iconic moment. No, completely. But what I would have liked is for her to, other than, like, it kind of felt when she dumped, what was that, that necklace or something? It kind of felt that she... It was a TARDIS key. I thought it was something like that. I thought it might have been the TARDIS key. Um, She dumps it kind of like, dick. (laughs) (laughs) She's only got one shoe. Yeah, and she's dumped with one shoe. Like, the whole thing's ridiculous. But it it felt more that rather than, I'm going to come and start my life with you. Like, Whereas it's more, oh, I can't believe he's done that. She's more like upset at him and angry at it. I kind of felt. I can't explain it. Sure how to explain. Yeah, and it, I thought it was sad. I know it's Ian and Barbara don't even get to say goodbye. She doesn't have a moment with them at all. They get in the TARDIS. That's it. they all get in the TARDIS without saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they didn't know it was going to be goodbye, but um, but then also, yeah, I don't know. It's just. She she sort of seemed bitter and angry. I'd have liked it, like, and she th- sort of throws that down. We shouldn't throw it, but she sort of puts it down. And I, I guess I would have liked it more if it had been maybe a little bit more sentiment to it. Maybe there had been a bit more yeah. of like a moment of looking, maybe placing it almost like, and that part of my life is done and I walk into my new. I don't know. It just all seemed a little bit angry. It doesn't feel like she's left for love and a lie it it. sort of feels like he's dropped her off to some new adoptive parents yes like she's been dumped it felt like she's been dumped here and that's what that is and she's bitter about it and now i'm with this guy are you sort of well sad to see her go are you sort of like oh well we've seen she's never going to progress so that's enough of her or would you have liked to see more of her? Or do you, are you happy that she's moved on? Um, ask me after the next episode whether I've missed her or not. Okay. <laughs> Which isn't an answer. But um, do you know what? It kind of felt... I feel like the writers... Do you think they gave... Ter- do, do you think Terry Nation like went to them like, okay, so I've got a great idea. It's going to be the Daleks and we're going to dump... Susan (laughs) I don't think he would have been part of that I think it was he just had to put it in but I think it's done very well yeah no it is it is done well that's what I mean it's it is done really well um but it's it's just funny he because he got a very good deal didn't he in terms of like writing a um a memorable script oh yeah definitely it's such and at the height of of everything as well for everybody, this was like everybody. I think would have been watching this story, yeah, which is a great time to do it. Um, and also, um, when we talked about the Daleks, that was made this um, that was made into a feature film. This was made into the second feature film, right? As well, even though it feels like so, a feature film. So yeah, I mean, on, obviously, it again like the Daleks movie. Um, it was the Peter Cushing one. And yeah, they recreated all those iconic moments in London. Obviously, big screen, color, big set. You can imagine how it how it goes. Obviously, this. I mean, this feels very filmic to me. I mean, the yeah, the movie version yeah, is, is even better as well. Yeah, after uh, watching, but it follows exactly the same. After watching sorry. this and watching the second and watching the last one, it makes me feel like season two continues in a bigger way 
than season one. Like it feels like Doctor Who steps up. I feel like, well, the popularity is peak right now. I think that's probably what it is. But I think we need to learn some rules from season one that if we have a really good story, then we probably will have a not so good story next. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then, well, yeah, we didn't really go into the next story then. We um, just left Susan and off they they went. So Dr. Ian and Barbara. Yeah. Um, So we will see if it it continues in, in... epic <laughs> epicness but i'm 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 saying maybe not but we'll, we'll see we'll see what you I think i can't wait to see the next episode ian and barbara's reaction i think that's what i'm excited for okay whether it's okay. just sort of that's brushed good. over or whether they do have some sort of reaction to susan's drop off yeah well it's only it's a two-parter next so it's a shorter one for us to us to watch um but yeah, I really enjoyed this one. And um, yeah, I just knew you would be react to those moments. <laughs> I did. Even to the point that I, felt, I, feel so, I was I, so on it. I spelled Barbara's name wrong when I texted you. I was so, <laughs> I was so like, what? I, I did feel emotional when Susan went. It's, if, I, if I watch it at the right time, I can, I can shed a tear at Susan <laughs> leaving. <laughs> With that speech as well is part of it that the Doctor does. That is... I find that emotional. This is my first real emotional moment of the series. Oh, Mark. <laughs> yeah, maybe later for me. Cool. Well, um, well, we better wrap it up then. Um, so um, let us know what you think about this story and Susan leaving or anything else. And we will uh, talk about that at the end of this series. So you can follow us on Twitter to watch who and on Instagram to watch who. And we will be back very soon probably still not out of isolation just yet um, for the next story. Well, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. To watch who? Hey, Doctor Who, what are you talking about?